following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How you doing, homie? I'm doing really good. I'm full. Because, (laughs) yes, everybody, air fryer update... (laughs) (laughs) My daughter and I did some experimenting with five words, air fried cream cheese wontons. Yep, I I rolled a despair to start with because I used rice paper. Oops, mistake. I don't know if anybody's used rice paper on that, Um, but it was a nice little like see-through plasticky start. No, that didn't work. But then I went out and I got the real, the wonton paper that I should have gotten before. And then um, let's just say I rolled a triumph with threat on my last um, group because I couldn't figure out what the difference. Because when I you have to shake it halfway through and I lost track of which ones were the crab rangoons and which ones were the bacon asiago badass. I call them B.A. Wontons for badass or bacon <laughs> Asiago cheese. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. How many of you out there have your Shadow of the Beanstalk book? Hmm, I know I good. do. I know I do. I haven't been reading was... it, though, because the fucking Black Sales show I've been binge watching this weekend. You, hey, you can blame me for that. I <laughs> turned you onto that. So, yep, know, yep. <laughs> the day before it came out. Damn it. <laughs> um, you, you've been reading it? I've been reading. I've awesome. uh, I've been not cover to cover. I I did the whole blanket perusal. Now I'm reading the finer print here and there. Cool. Um, and uh, it's beautiful a beautiful book. book. Yeah, it is. It's it, beautiful. Oh, it, the gosh. art is amazing. But uh, I'm going to keep that. We have a review show coming in two weeks. We do have a review show in two weeks, but I just have to say cocktails and dreams. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the great. first thing I noticed. I'm like, that was great. I noticed too. Am I yeah. reading this right? Is that? <laughs> yep. And Aruba, German. <laughs> Somebody was a Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> Somebody was. That was great. Maybe, maybe it was Tom Cruise. <laughs> maybe it was Tom. Oh, that's true. Tom Cruise. We've given him 50 pieces of awesome already. Uh, but um yeah no it it, yeah. it it was uh it was great i went up to my i caught a call at like 9 30 in the morning mm-hmm. that it had arrived in my friendly local game store Sweet. and um they had set it aside in my comic book pool so all i had to do was just drive by there on the way home and i'm yeah. i'm like halfway on the way home i decided i was calling them i'm like did you get the adversary cards too and they're like uh-oh you wanted some of those? I'm like, yeah. Oh, we only got two sets, and we sold them both already. I'm like, 
<laughs> so they ordered me another set, and they'll be in Tuesday. Sweet. So, <laughs> yeah, I got my adversary cards. <clears throat> they kind of so. they're kind of neat looking. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to having them on on Tuesday. Yeah. So yeah, but if you if you guys out there doing um face to face games, I can't say enough about the adversary cards. Just to have them, just to have them in your back pocket with them, and even and even the Tiernoth cards too. Have those handy. You know, especially if you're, especially if you're running a, uh, an open world type campaign where you let mm-hmm. the players kind of, I mean, it's so handy to just go, oh, I need a merchant. Okay, pull out a merchant, set mm-hmm. it right down, mm-hmm. and go. And if you've invested in the Star Wars, adversary cards, have those handy too, because who, can, I so mean, a black merchant, exactly. You can have a black merchant. You can have bounty hunter. We can have Bounty Hunter and an Android, or even in Realms of Tiranoth. Who cares? You just well when we when we come to that when we come to that uh, show topic. Actually, one of the mm-hmm. one of the adversaries that I throw at you guys quite often in Primordial Machina is nothing more than a retooled stormtrooper. Um, the Iron Praetorians. Nice. Yeah, they're nothing more than retooled stormtroopers. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That's so. Awesome. So yeah, that's the news. Shadow of the Beanstalk. It's out. Get it. it out, Read it. it. Came out February seventh. I know. A whole I month think... before I predicted. Yeah. What the heck happened, man? It's just all of a sudden we got two. We got we got two articles, and then all of a sudden somebody's saying, "Uh, they're telling us pre-orders are shipping already." Let me Maybe let they me. heard from the fans and decided, you know what, we got to ramp up production on this and start getting yeah. working on another book. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Let's hope. So speculation is out there on the interwebs from all the fans out there of what's coming next. What do you think it is, bud? Tannhauser. <clears throat> no, I hope. Yeah. A lot of people are, people are kind of torn thinking it's either going to be Tannhauser or Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror? I think they'd probably do Twilight Imperium before that. I, I think Twilight Imperium, I believe, is their their space opera. It is. But they have so much Star Wars out there. You're right. They might not. They might not go with that because of all the Star Wars out there. If people want to get right. their space opera on, right? Well, the see the way I see it is it's exactly like this. You've got you got a Genesis book that came out, which was a role playing game for all settings. Was the way it was ca- uh, put down at the bottom of the book on yep. the front on the cover. Then you had Realms of Terranoth, fan fantasy campaign setting. Mm-hmm. And then they went all the way to the other end of the spectrum and said science fiction campaign campaign setting for Android. So I think they'll do something in between. Something in between, yeah. Let's a modern campaign setting, probably Tannhauser, which would be their modern, which would be a modern one. I would, I would, mm. I would, I would, I would say that's a modern one, right? Or Weird War. The Weird War, yeah. But I could see them doing a horror one too. Mm-hmm. So, well, oh, we'll so see. You, so you think Arkham Horror? I think Tannhauser. I want Tannhauser, but I'm afraid it's going to be Arkham Horror. That's All what right. I'm saying. All righty then. Oh, which, by the way, Overlord saw that on Voodoo. Saw yeah, I watched it last night. Melissa and I Did watched you? it. I finally let, I finally played it for her. She's like, that's such a good movie. Yeah, see, now she understands why we saw it at the con. Right yeah, she, still, the con. she still didn't like me for it when I told her, you know, that's the movie that Chris and I went and saw at the con. She grumbled. I'm like, you know me. I can watch a movie 40 times. I don't care. Let's watch this. That's funny. That's funny. Well, then. Okay. <sighs> All right, two more weeks, everybody. We'll be goo goo gaga and over Shadow of the Beanstalk some more. So, yep. 
two weeks, we'll have mm-hmm. our special guest, uh, Jim Parton. That's right. Jimmy he's, Fett. He's been running our Realms of Tiernoth online for us. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that, man. Okay. Okay. So listener feedback. What we got, Tom? So we received a huge email. So big that I cannot read it. No. Um, we don't want <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, Sam Barrett. Uh, mm-hmm. who has been um, pretty common as our YouTube commenter. Yes. And Hello, Sam, by the way, and thank you uh, for writing us the email. And um, yet we, we appreciated the feedback, and we did give it a lot of thought. Now, oh, what yeah. Sam <clears throat> basically uh, said that uh, our in our... Um, yeah, two big parts to this, yeah, really. Yeah, our, our Magica a Machina show, uh, where we were talking about... Um, uh, earth magic or air magic and water and th- therefore also the air amalgams and water amalgams in in kind of um, in turn and he was saying that we should switch the the primary stat that uh, water should be cunning based and that air should be agility based um, which we gave it a lot of thought and Sam even had a lot of you know good reasons for why you know mm-hmm. going with the last airbender great um, show great concepts yeah, in that show. great show and that was kind of my beginning impetus for for the thought I had when I said hey let's do elemental based magic yep. um, but it's kind of evolved since then into more than just elemental based magic. It's more elemental based society too. Mm-hmm. And as much as, uh, uh, you know, S- S- Sam makes a lot of sense. Chris's and my thoughts <clears throat> more, I mean, for me, my thoughts were more in line with the air in this setting, the people who live there, the people who uh, live in the air manifest zones, the air amalgams themselves, and air magic itself is elusive and cunning um, more than it is agile. And therefore, water, because I am a huge fan of the great guru who he was, Bruce Lee, water is about agility um, because, uh, you know, water, you must be like water. And I could go on to that in depth, but. Water to me is more agile, um, and with that kind of fitting, they could interchange. And the way I say it is, if Sam, if you go to run our primordial machina setting and you still don't like it, and you feel so firmly that it should be switched, switch it. We Absolutely. won't be offended. No, not at all. Not the <laughs> uh, but in play testing uh, with our group, we've determined that it is set pretty good the way it is. Yep. So yeah, but I appreciate the I, I appreciate the um, the other uh, the the new perspective. On yeah, it. and it made me think and made me go back and read some of the Legend of the Five Rings stuff too, on it. Um, and yeah, they even have cunning listed in the description for air as well. I mean, they have the word cunning in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and agility, and agility. <laughs> so then we're like, "Oh well, crap! <laughs> that's confusing." Right? <laughs> Yet not, but yeah. So that's cool. And maybe, maybe when we do a talent, maybe we do a talent where you could alternate that mm-hmm. um, for you know for an earth amalgam and a fire amalgam. Same thing. You could alternate. Um, their primary stat and therefore their primary magical stat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a problem with that. 
um, as being a tier two or tier three talent, uh, mm-hmm. uncoupling the the magic to a different skill, um, different, different, sta- uh, a different characteristic. characteristic. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, you know, it's just uh, I like it the way it is. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. That's really just kind of, yeah. it is what it is, and I like it that way. And the play test has come out really well, um, with uh, particularly with Dave playing his Air Amalgam Sniper and the way that rolled out and yeah. the way cun- uh, Cunning became a, such a important part of his life. And yeah. uh, however short-lived it was, because um, <laughs> I have information that I haven't told Chris yet, um, yeah, that's new. I killed my first primordial machina character as a GM. <laughs> was that last night? That was uh, last uh, last Saturday. Last um, Saturday, gotcha. When you were busy uh, with the misses, uh, with the misses, um, um, and uh, we we sat down and play tested again, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave's character ended up dying, oh. so Dave ended up making a uh, Earth amalgam uh, cool. soldier, I believe. So, okay. uh, cool. of some kind. So, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, the, the air amalgam sniper that lied to everyone is gone, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. and, and nobody ever knew his real name. <laughs> <sighs> uh, all right, so we want to talk about the second half of Sam's email. Yeah. Yeah, he has a um he gave us a suggestion for a race for Primordial Machina. Um called the Riftborn. And he did a and nice little piece here where he drew up kind of this um it, it was great imagery in his writing that he wrote. Was two two three paragraphs about the race, but it was more from the perspective of someone who has met one. And I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, but cool. yeah, they're very the much rift- connected. Yeah, they're very much connected to the Fey, to, to the Elder, the Arch Fey, the Elder Fey, as we call them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, the Fey God Kings, whatever nickname you want to call them. But mm-hmm. the the Fey, and yeah, they uh, the, their stats uh, really loving their stats. One uh, one brawn, two agility, two intellect, two cunning, two in presence with a three in willpower, which is really cool. Like yep. that. Yep. Um, begins with one rank in knowledge lost. It's supposed to be hidden in the setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, one rank in magic blood. And these are and these are considered career skills. I think that's a little pushing it on the um, ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably either make them both career skills or give you a rank in one or the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I. That was my first impression of it too. Um, <clears throat> I would say begins a rank in knowledge lost or one rank in magic in magic blood. Yeah, and then and then just drop it from there, or or like Tony said, just say, "Hey, knowledge lost or knowledge hidden and magic blood are both career skills." And I, I think I'll probably go with the latter. Now. His other ability here, once per session, you may spend a story point to automatically automatically know a single relevant fact as determined by the GM about the Fae and other worldly beings. So this ability, I'm not 
really 100% on. I'm not sold that it is. I mean, he gave it a lot of XP value. Yeah. Uh, when when and honestly, automatically knowing a fact when your character has knowledge hidden and can make those rolls anyway, um, and at cost of a story point and only once per session, seems very very costly in XP yeah. wise because his starting XP for these guys is eighty. So, right. but I, I like your idea. Yeah, and in fact, in it's it's <laughs> goes in line with the other race that has been submitted so far. We have two, okay. and 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 I'm leaning to putting them both in the setting document at this point because yeah, they're both on, cool. <laughs> but, come on, give uh, us more ideas. <laughs> um, they, mm. the abilities of both races that have been submitted are almost identical. So if I were to change one, I liked the I liked the 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 the, the storyline. Of the Cyclops that was given to us, right. and the way they had their visions, and they see the future, mm-hmm. and and so therefore they have this knowledge, and can mm-hmm. spend a story point to have knowledge about something, a future event. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It's very thematic to that race. This doesn't seem super thematic to this race, but what did seem to super thematic is I was looking at the G mods in Android setting. Yeah, and those are cool. Um. I think we could probably retool those as to some sort of Elder Fae body part. Mm-hmm. And now um, listen to this. So I'm going to read two sentences in um, Sam's description here. Um, he says, he dis- so coming from this person talking about it, he's like, he described a strange sort of folk, tall and lithe, dark both in demeanor and countenance, which kind of goes along the lines of what Tony's going to talk about here with the G-Mods. Yep. So the Gmod race uh, in page 29 of Android Genesis, mm-hmm. um, they have uh, these two abilities here that kind of work well together. Um, the enhanced genetic modification. Uh, once per session, your character may use one of their Gmods to modify a check mm-hmm. and may spend a store, story point to add successes equal to your ranks in resilience to the results now what i think would be cool is add success to your ranks equal to knowledge hidden yeah that's cool to like that any one check Mm -hmm. and then in call instead of calling them g mods we would call them fey fey mutations fey mutations yeah and then your character begins play with one (laughs) fey mutation at a cost of a total of one thousand as we've talked, their crowns, um, 1,000 crowns or less. Mm-hmm. So um, that seems more thematic to them and makes them different from the Cyclops. Yeah. And, and um, I like them both now. Yeah, I know. Me too. What do you think, Sam? Send us an yeah. email back or, you know what, better yet, comment on YouTube for us like we know you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sam, tell us how you feel. Uh, yeah, buddy. The, I think the Gmod's really cool. I mean, we would add things like tentacles and things like that to the list to make it more Lovecraftian, per your request. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah, too Is long Larry... didn't read. Great show, swap water and air, add more Lovecraftian horror elements. <laughs> we love it when you do that. Um, yeah. We were kind of, we're, we, were, we weren't going to necessarily make Lovecraftian horror a, a main theme in Primordial Machina, but... It's your game. Roll mm-hmm. with it. Take it with you. And adding tentacles 
you know, for these guys, you know, more Lovecraftian or whatever. Tentacles, fish gills, you know, yes. fishy features. You could have your guy, your you know, your dark skinned, tall, lithe guy, but he looks kind of like a deep one almost. Yeah, or like one of those. What is it? The thin man or whatever. Mm-hmm. Slender man, Slender man, Slender man. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. faceless. Faceless, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great. It'd be very cool, and it's a great way to create kind of a unique race. Yeah. Um, by adding these. Um, what I would call fame mutations to the character. Yep. Um, yep. And I think, uh, yeah, that fits really mm-hmm. well. Do and like it. There's nothing that says when you run Primordial Machina, Sam and anyone else, if you want to add more horror elements to it, they're there. They're just, Chris and I seem to, when we play it and play test it and our group, they are going way more towards the high adventure side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, but it's all there. It's all the kitchen sink setting. So exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so on that note, that was pretty much it for the feedback. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, so let's want to move on to, um, I mean, I got this, I've got this 50 piece of awesome that I yeah, want to give away. Okay. Cause I've been watching a cause, cause I, Yeah. They're burning a hole in my pocket. I've been <laughs> watching this show black sailed with 50 pieces of, Eight and you know. Anyways, let's go. Welcome to Fifty Pieces of Awesome. This is where Chris. Uh, the impatient man that he is. He's got this stuff burnt. Look, it's burning a hole in his pocket. I can see it from here. He gives out 50 pieces of awesome to some lucky winner who appears on our radar. On the, uh, We have a radar tower set up in the internet yeah, that do. Chris monitors on a regular basis. Yep, climbed up to it this morning. Started looking at this again because I saw it a couple weeks ago. Um, this is called... Inquisition campaign setting by Guillaume Tarif. Did I pronounce that right? Guillaume. Guillaume. Sorry. William Tardif. <laughs> the American version of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we just call him old Bill here in the South. That's right. All right, Bill. This is a great. This is 72 piece. This is 82 pieces, pages of awesome, I must say. Um, nicely bookmarked. That's what I I like that a nice little uh, table of contents that you could click on and go through. Um, this is basically the Inquisition. In the, you know, it, he was inspired. He wanted to take. He's played D and D and Pathfinder all these years, but wanted to go to a more low fantasy, darker, real, more realistic um, game to play in the Middle Ages. Um, he said he was playing his Graveyard Keeper video game. Don't know what that is, but I'm thinking I might have to find it and play it now. <laughs> um, it, it reminds me of Ravenloft a little bit. Also reminds me of Accursed a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it feels it feels kind of Warhammery and old world, old empire, old worldish because of the witch hunter or the you know the witches and whatnot. So. I mean, he's got a couple um, character sheets, though three pages. Wah, wah, wah for you, Tony. I know you like your two pages. Um, 
I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first so the first quarter of this book is an overview. He goes into some politics, the church of the creator, the witches, supernatural beings, the timeline, a gazetteer. Um, I like what he did with the with the archetypes here. Did you notice that? I don't know how much you, you were able to check this out, but um, the sh- archetypes, he created an archetype human, obviously, but for each characteristic. Yeah. So he created, you know, he created a commoner, which is twos across the board. But he had mm-hmm. like a laborer, an agile, educated, survivalist, which gives you the three in cunning, one in intellect, religious, three in willpower, one in cunning, and then an aristocrat, uh, one in agility, but you got your three presents and such, which I kind of like that, you know? Um, That's cool. Yeah, plus a witchborn archetype, you know, where you're, this is the only archetype that you can have where you could actually um, uh, pick and put ranks in the witchcraft skill. Um, so yeah, which in and itself is a pretty cool concept too. And then, um, as far as careers go, um, basically it's your cookie cutter, um, fantasy careers that are basically out of the, um, out of the core book, but he's added the witch and the monster hunter. Monster hunter is kind of a cool idea. I'm liking, I'm liking, I'm liking the feel of this setting with these these careers, right? <clears throat> well, he's got a couple other ones in here that he added. The fence. Did he add the fence? Yeah, and the oh, herbalist. Nice. The okay. fence and the herbalist. Herbalists are basically um, um, copy of the healer, I think. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, almost. But well, they've got alchemy. Uh, no, they're actually kind of unique, too. So Alchemy. Yeah, so, I mean, added a... Okay, so added more than just those two there. But... Um, you got a merchant, a soldier, a scoundrel. Templar. Presence. Templar, yeah, Templar. Loving the picture, though, too, on yeah. page 27. And he yeah. gives credit to all the art <coughs> Excuse me, that he's used in here, too, and that's very evocative. Dude, I, I want to play. I want to play this. Damn. Yeah. This yeah, is this is cool. cool. Yeah, this it is. is. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of running a one-shot in this because I've had uh, several, you know, kind of I, I, I love Accursed. I love Ravenloft. They're both two of my favorite settings. So mm-hmm. uh, when he put this out on MeWe the other day, before you had selected it for our uh, yeah. our uh, 50 Pieces of Awesome, I was mm-hmm. reading it, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, well, he, he put heroic abilities in here, and he's added, like, foretelling. I don't know. Was foretelling? Was that in? I can look. I can't remember if that was in... Um... <coughs> Excuse me, Tiernoth or not, but um, of course, you know, if you're gonna have witches, you gotta have fortune tellers, right? Right. Um, and uh, let's see here. Foretelling's and, in there. Foretelling was in there. Oh, okay. Um, so he's got like, and then the knowledge skills that he's added, and I like how he did the um the table for the skills, saying which ones were at a core, which ones out of the Inquisition, um. And uh, added witchcraft, obviously, um, right. which is needed in here and lore. And then um, his talents, <laughs> he picked some out of, um, I think he picked a couple out of Android. The Android Gen Con characters, so like mm-hmm. Street Fighter and a couple more, Some and Realms of Tiernoth as well. <coughs> Excuse me, which makes sense. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, one, one of the talents, there's a witch-specific talent called... Animal. It's called Familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. 
And then um, added add a couple new magic imp, imp, implements that's very witchy in theme. You know, an animal talisman, a cauldron. Cauldron, yes. <laughs> great, I love the cauldron. <laughs> that's just a great idea. And then hex bags, which is awesome. And then this empathic link using like different, you know, like blood or fingernails or hair from people just kind of creeps me out a little bit too. <laughs> you know, which is great. That's kind of what you. That's the feel that you want from this uh, setting. Um, so that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, Way to go! Turn that phone on. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Did everybody <laughs> hear? My wife just tried to call me, <laughs> and I'm ignoring her. Sorry, baby. I'll call you here in a break. <laughs> when we're taking a break. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he's got a nice adversary section too. And yeah. one of the nice things that he put in here. To make me want to go back and look for net more stuff, is he listed some upcoming content? It's not sure where when it's gonna be, but some stuff like adventure modules, more adversaries, kingdom building. That's cool. Mass battles, medieval fair. You know how to run a medieval fair, which is kind of cool too. And of course, you know ships. <laughs> I like ships. Like me some ships. <laughs> Um, especially, of course, watching what I've been watching this weekend. Damn it. Um, but overall impressions is, is great. Definitely uh, evokes that. Oh, top notch production, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you got? What do you think, Tony? Anything else you want to add to that? I know that was a lot that I threw out there, but yeah. It's dude, I'm wishing we had more than 50 pieces of awesome to give away. This is pretty I damn know. good. Isn't it, though? I mean, it's professionally well done. Good, do- good job, Guillaume. Uh, I, I can't say anything bad about it. I mean, I was looking through it. I mean, there's a pro. Everything is just appropriately well put. <laughs> it's yeah, great. you got an index in the back too. I mean, yeah, good lord. Yeah. And links to all of his sources and yeah, just mm-hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Guillaume, if that's how you pronounce your name. Um, Chris and I award you 50 pieces of awesome. Well done, buddy. Now, yep. Now we're going to head on over to the next section, uh, books of Genesis and, Oh, what dude, what's the name of our, what's the name of our um, episode? Oh, always- career day on the blasted plane. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We're talking careers. Let's get into and that. Primordial machina. Yeah. Let's get into that. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Books of Genesis. <laughs> I've had some, a little bit of a cold. <coughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, so, <laughs> so if you want to open up your core rule book to page 40, and if you have the PDF, uh, page 41, <laughs> um, we're going to start talking about careers, what, mm-hmm. what creates... Like what the different elements for a career, and then we'll talk about careers in primordial machina. So, um, I guess to start with Tony, I had added some things to the notes here about what are the different. I, I added this this one: the different elements of a career. Well, the briefest, um, you have your narrative description. Mm-hmm. A small paragraph, maybe two, three par- two, three sentences. I would say. Skill list. Eight skills. 
eight skills, or as some people have done in their own settings, mm. you can do uh, six and two, where you have six and then two open ones that the players can take right. from a list, mm-hmm. or do four and four. Yeah. Really, it's up to you what you prefer. Uh, I like the idea of having eight set skills. Right. Um, because then you can really go to town with writing talents that open up extra career skills for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, um, in in the core rule book, they have like suggesting, you know, they have suggestions, hey, this career should be used in a fantasy setting or whatever. Or they mention if you're using like a melee skill, maybe you might want to move it to melee light or melee heavy if you're in a in a more fantasy setting where you're using more a lot of different types of melee weapons or stuff too. Um, <clears throat> and then what we've also seen, and they did it in Tiernoth, is a gear list. For, they do it in Android as well. And they do it in Android too? Oh, yeah, well, see, I didn't get that far. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, good. I'm glad I did that. Yeah, that's cool. What else have we seen? I couldn't I couldn't think of anything else that we had seen that people did in careers like uh, I don't know. Um you know, just beginning all that beginning stuff. Um mm-hmm. your beginning uh gear list, your uh there I can't there was something. There was one I can't he think had, of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it, it was actually the archetypes. He had uh, uh alternate abilities for archetypes or expanded way to spend XP in your character creation for your archetypes. I think that was in Salvage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you could pick, there's like a list of four, and you could pick one of them if you wanted to spend like 10 or 5 XP, and you can get something. That, yeah, that wasn't on an, that was on the archetypes, too. Yeah, that was what I was <laughs> thinking. But, um, you know, a description of, it doesn't have to be huge, one paragraph or so of what they do and who they are in the setting. In this, and when you're doing a specific setting like we're doing, mm-hmm. you don't have to have, oh, this is, you know, what settings is this good for? It's good for this setting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's setting appropriate for <clears throat> this setting. And um, so put in context, uh, you know, a brief description of your um, – what it is in your setting that you're doing yep. uh, that that particular career does. Yeah. Um, and I would start – I mean the core rulebook – has a really nice how many do they have here one two three four five six seven eight um generic what do they call them role-based careers mm-hmm. and then they have another one two three four five six seven eight like setting specific careers everything from a starship captain to a priest to a mad scientist um pick what you want from here as a start i would say i mean you'd probably get 80 percent there and then you'll probably want to pick a couple more that make it your that you makes makes them yours like this this is a list for my setting right <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah yeah but, so but yeah let's get into since it's career fun. day in the blasted plains um <laughs> What uh, what is uh, what is the first career in uh, that we decided to do in um, Primordial Machina? Um, what one was it? Uh, let's see here. Where the heck is my list, dude? <laughs> I don't have my list. To... I don't have my list. Where's my oh, list? It saddens me. 
It does. It really does. I need to look for my list. Sorry, Tony. You, you it's pick. so good. The first one is Artificer. Oh, that's right. Begins with an um, A. Yep. The Artificer <laughs> skills uh, begin with coercion, uh, mechanics, medicine, operating, skullduggery, knowledge science, artifice, and ranged heavy. Uh, Artificer is a mad scientist, um, mm-hmm. kind of modified. They are your um, creators of mixing magic, alchemy, and technology all into one. Um, that's the brief description. Yeah. You find your list yet? No, I have not. Uh, it's in the setting notes. It's for in our primordial machina. It is in in our, in our Google Drive. Ah, uh, <laughs> we haven't updated that. Darn it. <laughs> I, have, I didn't download it. <laughs> All right, I got it up. I got it. I got, oh yeah. Okay, now I see them. I'm sorry. It's all right, brother. It's a good thing we're not recording today or anything. <laughs> no, hang on. Am I recording? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I do have a. We are recording. We're six minutes into the segment. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> I know. Anyways, you know what? I have two words for you: black sales. <laughs> this got me all flustered. Darn okay. Junkie. Yes. Okay. What's next? The next one is the elementalist. See, I found my list. Um, and this one actually has four sub careers if you want to think of it that way, because. You pick your element, either air, fire, earth, or water. Um, and then what you'll do is you will pick your magic skill associated with it. So for air, fire, earth, or water. And then um, we also have coercion, discipline, leadership, skullduggery, stealth, vigilance, 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 <laughs> vigilance <laughs> and knowledge elemental. Yeah, I'm with this. I'm with it today. I can tell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so these guys are your, you know, I mean, we were seeing these guys. Have, they're kind of like your, your, your. Um, they're kind of larger than life in a way, right? See them kind of be be leaders, and I don't know. That's kind of what I was. I, I was kind of seeing that for my character too, but others as well because they're just so different <clears throat> in the in yep. the world, right? Right. Yeah. Now, uh, we could have done a different career for each elementalist, but when it boiled down to it, they were all very similar, and mm-hmm. so it just made sense to have it one career, but you got to choose yeah. your magic. Yeah, like for um, mine, for mine, I, I picked fire, so obviously I'm going to pick knowledge elemental, and I, mm-hmm. and I went with more of the leadership, like because I mean, we have coercion and leadership on here as two um, social skills. And, you know, I could see the coercion, but I believe, but he's using more leadership, you know, like he's been in the military and just that force of like ordering people around kind of thoughts to it too, but nice. So, okay. What's next? Next, Blood mage or blood sorcerer as we're, I'm thinking I want to call it, but the blood, yeah, blood sorcerer. Uh, skills will be blood magic, deception, discipline, medicine, cool, knowledge hidden, melee, and streetwise. Yeah. Now your your blood magic 
specialist blood sorcerer or whatever you want to call them um, they are going to be basically there's they're they're scholars of the ancient fae um, of the elder fae gods in our setting they are uh, they're followers of their old traditions of the elder fae magic and i like the idea of calling it sorcery mm -hmm. because noted in this career is going to be that blood magic um uses wounds instead of strain when casting yes just as a reminder so mm -hmm. it requires a, a a bodily fluid cost yeah. As opposed, status that's not sweat. And I can't remember who asked us. I think somebody might have asked us if um, we'll be able to use, maybe we'll create a talent to allow them to take wounds from party members or maybe unwilling people to cast their spells. Yeah, right? that's, a that? it's a yeah that's a possibility. Yeah, that was a possibility. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like the idea of a blood sacrifice. You know, maybe mm -hmm. some of the blood required is requ can come from a willing host or an unwilling one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, and then so then our next one we grabbed basically straight from Tiernoth is the Envoy with mm -hmm. charm, cool, deception, knowledge, culture, leadership, melee, negotiation, and vigilance. I sp I said it right that time. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is your face, basically. This is your face yeah. person. Envoys are representatives of a government or a corporate interest, or yeah. you're, they're they're the the face of an organization, whatever that mm -hmm. organization may be. Yeah. Um, they're your ambassadors. They're your traveling sales folks. They're all of the above. Yep. Yep. Oh, what's next? Right. Uh, next is archaeologist. Uh, the Indiana Jones career. Uh, yep. It's the uh, it's a mix of the explorer and the scholar from uh, explorer from the core rulebook and the scholar from Terranoth. Uh, skills are athletics, knowledge, history, knowledge hidden, medicine, perception, skullduggery, range light, and survival. That's right. Um, so the archaeologist is someone who studies the the long dead cultures from before, yeah. whether that be the slave cultures of the slave races that have survived the Holocaust, mm -hmm. uh, with the ones that are long dead, or the uh, the cultures of the the culture of the Fey gods themselves, whichever mm -hmm. uh, they unearth these secrets and want to store them in universities for learning purposes. Yep. Um, it belongs so in skill, the museum. So, so what's I know. <laughs> What skill would you use to, um, um, what do you call it, um, make an accurate assessment of like how heavy this idol is in this bag of sand? Skullduggery. Skullduggery, that's true. That's or right. perception. Throw me the idol. Perception. Ooh, that's a perception. That, that's skullduggery. <laughs> Dude, that's skullduggery because you're basically trying to disable a trap. Yep. Fail. That is disabling but a still, trap. That is disabling a trap, isn't it? All right. And then, well, speaking of which, you know, we got the scoundrel is next. And, you know, we got to have your scoundrels out there, right? I mean, with charm, cool, you know, charm. They could talk their way out of anything, really, and be charming about it. Cool, coordination, deception, ranged light, skullduggery, stealth, and streetwise. All the S's. All of the S's. 
you might you might not want to go with agility for this guy. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> agility and cunning. That's their bread. Agility and, and cunning. That's about it. That's yeah. right. But your scoundrel. That's your. That's your. You know, whether it's your face type thief focused on charm uh, mm-hmm. and coordination, or whether it's your. You know, your cunning knife fighter that likes to throw knives. You know, the Jarlaxle type, mm-hmm. um, or it's your standard thief um, who you know sneaks around and uh, hides and uh, disables traps and knows everybody in the underworld. That's, That's your right. scout. That's right. Okay, next we have uh, we, what we originally called Sniper, but we decided to go with Assassin. Mm-hmm. Assassin, which was a mix of the Scout and the Scoundrel. Um, yep. Assassin's skills are cool, coordination, deception, skullduggery, stealth, streetwise, knowledge hidden, and range heavy. Yeah. Pretty, so... A lot of the same skills as the scoundrel, but it's trading up that little gun or little knife throwing talent for that big long rifle and the knowledge hidden for those ancient uh, killing techniques and poisons and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then next we have um, we have our soldier, which, you know, is everything somebody who just specializes in combat in all aspects of that um athletics brawl coercion melee perception ranged heavy survival and vigilance for that nice this is your typical warrior you know class yep um if you were on the if you were the warrior uh in charge of keeping security on the deck of an airship uh, or a former mercenary. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that you, this is your career. Yeah. And we could have very easily called this mercenary soldier or mercenary mm-hmm. too, you know? Yep. Give it a different name to give it flavor. And we may even change some of those, these names mm-hmm. to give them a setting specific flavor. Right. Um, that we've like the envoy, you know, we might, if we come up with something better or if you guys come up with something better, suggest it. Yeah. Um, we're pretty happy with the archaeologist and 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 the scoundrel, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, uh, soldier. I'm, actually, I'm not I'm not 100 sold sold on soldier now. I'm, yeah. I'm liking mercenary. That that gives it. If you have a soldier as a career in a setting, versus oh, where do I get my fighting from a mercenary? Right away, you got a lot of hired guns. You know, it's mm-hmm. very much that kind of. A society where in soldier you f- you know it's an organized militia organized feels military, like he's part of a standing army stand, yeah. standing army those kinds of things which you know anyways all right uh, next we have paladin mm-hmm. which I'm happy with that name me too uh, as per the knight uh, it uh, it represents several orders amongst our um, our group our uh, our setting mm-hmm. including the uh, the primary order, which is the um, Triad of Synchrony, the the Templar of that order, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, basically like the Knight in the core rulebook. It's athletics, discipline, gunnery, leaderships, mm-hmm. um, leaderships. Not one, but all the leaderships. All the leaderships. Yeah. Uh huh. Melee, <laughs> resist, <laughs> resilience, uh, pilot machina, and vigilance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, dude. <clears throat> I like it. And speaking of pilot Machina, we have the Machina pilot. So this is as the fighter pilot, where they have cool driving gunnery mechanics to keep their to keep their machina going. Perception mm-hmm. pilot machina. They're not going to be fighter flying, you know, F 18s or anything like that, but going to be piloting around their machinas. Um, range light and vigilance. Yeah. So this is kind of a good. This is one of our uh, setting specific. You know, stamp on. Hey, this is what makes our setting. You know, that's this is a machina in primordial machina. Correct, Amundo. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, airship captain. Oh yeah, our other one. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that's specific. I mean, it just immediately gives you that high flying adventure type. Yeah, airship yep. captain. Yep. Discipline, gunnery, knowledge, culture, leadership, mechanics, operating, range, light, and perception. Yeah. Uh, these are the leaders on board ships, but they can be the leader in any uh, any group uh, mm-hmm. and and lead uh, groups of soldiers on they just a former airship captain. Right. Um, the Malcolm Reynolds of the world, so to speak. Yeah, basically. And you know, I, I'm thinking it's it's up to you all if you're gonna be playing in this setting, whether to give your have your airship captain start with that airship. That's totally up to you all. We might or might not put something like that in here. I, I think we probably will, but I don't know. We're just yeah. haven't quite got that far on it. But that's something that you all can. What do you guys think? Should airship captains start start with their own airship? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> let's go uh, with um, the next thing. <laughs> Would be a mechanic. And because of those machinas out there and these airships, you're going to want a mechanic that knows their stuff. So they have athletics, brawl, discipline, mechanics, duh, um, negotiation to negotiate for those parts and the jobs that they want to do, I would think. Perception, resilience, and streetwise. Streetwise for getting those black market goods to fix the pilot, to fix the their machinas or the airships or whatnot. Yep. (laughs) And our last career that we have, we could have called it Bounty Hunter. We could have called it Gun for Hire, but we chose Gunslinger. It's kind of wanted that Wild West feel. Mm -hmm. Um, That that you, or even that post-apocalyptic feel of having that man wandering the wastelands uh, as a gun for hire, the Gunslinger. Oh, yeah. Athletics, coercion, deception, perception, stealth, vigilance, brawl, and range light yep. is everything that a, you would think about a gunslinger. The only thing I would have added to the skill list, but I just couldn't wheel it in there anywhere, would be cool. Because they're just cool. But <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I could, see, I could see cool instead of maybe deception. Mm. Um. I, I mean, I, I would probably, I, I would probably replace deception with cool. Maybe athletics. You might not need athletics. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, <coughs> tough one. Yeah, but it'll, these are by no means finished, completed. Mm-hmm. We're close. I think we have a couple of tweaks, um, and maybe even brawl, even uh, maybe even one more. Um, 
career or two uh, that we have that we're we're just forgetting right at this moment. Sure. Um, but uh, this is this is our list um, that gives us uh, mm-hmm. what two, four, six, eight, ten, thirteen careers. Yep. For plus, our setting. Plus, I mean, with the elementalists, you effectively get four, but it's really one. Just it's, a, it's essentially sixteen. Uh, yeah. Careers. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That looks pretty good. Cool. I like it. Yeah, me too. And so that's how you do careers. They're pretty fast, pretty easy. But again, if you if you as a GM decide that you think that one of these should change, and when we put out the document and you don't like it, eh, change it. Change the skill. Work with your players. If your player says, "Why does this? Why does the gunslinger have athletics? It doesn't make any sense." Well, you know, just because Tony thought that, you know, them leaping onto horses or uh, uh, jumping around uh, inside of a bar fight, uh, you know, seems like a great place to have athletics. Maybe cool should be in there. That's right. So. um, Cool. Ah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I see what you did there. You see what I did there. <laughs> All right, man. But, are we um are we ready to set the tone then? Yeah, think? I think we've done pretty much made some careers. Let's yes. let's go set the tone. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're um going to be setting the tone with some realms of Tyrannoth tonight um and we're going to be talking about the origin of the elves and you know what i must say and i know i said this on our on our um review show of this dude i'm liking these stained glass window pictures in this book that's right they're they always depict something cool Mm-hmm. Um, so we're on pages 26 yes. through, through halfway through page 29 in the Realms of Terranoth book. Yep. And this gives us the origins of the elves, so according to legend. And again, it's from the point of view of a scholar yeah. at the Greyhaven University, which I still think is amazing. Yeah, and um, you know what? This picture basically says it all. This stained glass picture basically says it all. Mm-hmm. The origin. His head is being thrown back like, why, woman, would you want to do that? Why do I have to ask these guys? So that's, so what I'm talking about here is the um, Lord Emeril and Lady Latariana. What? Latariana. Latariana. The mother and father, father, father to the elves. Oh, my gosh. Am I? Whew. I might just let you talk. <laughs> I think I broke Tony. Yeah, oh my god! I, I don't think I've ever broke Tony on the air before. Um, yeah. So between them, they're you know the mutter and the fodder <laughs> to the elves. <laughs> and it laughing. doesn't say it doesn't say whether they. There's some confusion as to whether they were just the first of the most prominent elves, right. but there were many, mm-hmm. or whether they were the actually first ones created by the first. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter. They ended up being the king and queen of mm-hmm. the elves, and they were known as... Um, he was known as the Lord Protector of Light, and, and she, she was, the Lady Protectress of Air. 
Right. <laughs> and I like the little note here from the scholar. I don't know why you would need to protect light and air. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love those little those little things. That's that's funny. <laughs> but uh, they themselves, it doesn't say whether they're the progenitors of the elven people. Yeah, but sure. it is a given that they are. Uh, they were in a relationship, and they they had. Uh, many children most likely um the elves themselves were created amongst by the first mm-hmm. uh, and these two ended up being the most prominent among them and therefore the the leaders of the elven people right um and then things started getting a little bit hmm where she wanted like the lady she wanted to covet more than her existence that was that was there after the turning turned and time had passed um she wanted more out of her existence so she asked her husband you know go ask the firsts to give us more <laughs> and i love their answer to this and she 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 told Emoriel of her heart's fervent desire mm-hmm. a crown of dreams and life which i think is really cool <laughs> yeah. um but uh when this, when they, it says here the scholars that ponder over why she became so avaricious, uh, but consensus suggests that a shadowy spirit of the infernal plane was tempting her with secret murmurs. Yes. And so her her husband went forth to the um, mm-hmm. to the first. Uh, he gathered his armies, marched them, or did no? He went on his own first. He traveled to the first furthest edge of cre- edge mm-hmm. of creation. And called for the first to relinquish control of the realm. And the first did not so much as even deign to respond, leaving him humiliated and wrathful. Then he gathers his armies. (laughs) Then he gathers his armies. Then he marched to the gate with all of his elves and her at his side. And they wanted to pass, they they asked the first, can we pass through your halls? And they said, sure. Why don't you come on in? Little did they know. <laughs> yep. They were basically tricked into um they crossing the, into the Ainlong. Yeah. Basically the primordial plane, if you want to call it that. Um primaterial primordial. <laughs> Got it on the brain. The primaterial plane, if you will, you know, the world of Tiernoth. They ended up in these woods. Mm-hmm. And you know, and they ended up there. The Aim Healing Forest. The Aim Healing Forest. Whose whose eaves reach into the lands of Terranoth on their northernmost they're actually the southern border of Terranoth. Yep. yep. Um, the Aim Healing Forest. Um so yeah, they made it, they thought, to <laughs> the realm of the first. They beseech the first to allow them to pass through the gate into their realm. The first <laughs> said, Yeah, sure. Why not? Come on, keep walking. You know, keep yep. walking. Oh no, no, it's another day that way. No, 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 no. Keep going another day. We'll keep walking another day. <laughs> and they kept them going. Yeah, and lo and behold, they le- they find themselves staring at the end of it all, at the end of their journey. They're looking at all these trees. They find themselves staring into the eyes of a freaking dragon. <laughs> yep, um, Earthrite. Earth, the Earthrite Minara, actually. Yes. Yes, the, they had dared, I love this, Immorial had dared to think that their mutiny had succeeded and their dominion over the four spheres of the Empyrean realm had been won. Then he spied the architect of the glade, 
the great winged serpent, Yurthrite Manara. <laughs> Majestic dragon. Um, is said to have held Emorial's cold gaze with its implacable one and is past the judgments of the first down upon his rebellious elves. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Uh, they were exiled from the Empyrean realm, no longer in touch with light and air, no longer in, uh, theirs to command. Um, they would n- no longer receive sustenance from the from time and space itself. They would now have to seek sustenance and food yeah. and water. Um, all of that. Uh, lastly, they were now imprisoned upon the mortal plane which the elves now realized as they emerged during their, that they had emerged into (laughs) on their march. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the realization dawned upon Emorial that for, for their desire, the elves would be bound to the object that was both their destination and their damnation, a crowning realm of light, of air, of earth, of life and of dreams. (laughs) So world, Oh, you yeah. want you want you want light and life and dreams? Here you go. Yep. Brought you to this world. We granted your wish. <clears throat> man, so. the first are like dick DMs, man. That's great, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> and they give you what you want. That's right. They but sure only do. in the most strictest terms. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then, um, but then Manara, the Earthrite um, Manara, made our lady cry. Because he gave her a terrible choice to make, right? Offered her a choice. Um, the the bit get a um a reprieve from their wrath. They basically asked um her to enter the void, and then take her take with her those infernal temptations that that she was given that she has had in her heart, and she needed to go into the void. And when she was crying, they kind of collected in um, our his hand. Yep, the tears of Latariana. Mm-hmm. Latariana, the, yeah. The tears ended up becoming uh, eleven. Yep. Stunning pearlescent jewels, but mere echoes of her lost beauty. These jewels carry a magical power. Uh, Emorial was uh, himself took the. The, the jewels and gave them to 11 lords amongst the elves and then mm-hmm. divided the people up into 11 tribes. Yep. Yep. And then he himself left and decided to travel into the infernal realm and hunt down the demons that had tempted his wife in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, so the elves so. took off in all yep. kinds of different directions. Eleven separate tribes went eleven separate directions. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, just the whole—I uh, love the way that the, you know, the father and the mother of the elves. You know, she gave this great sacrifice so that her people. The reason why she did it was so that her people could have access back to heaven, the Empyrean realm. Yeah. Um, instead of being banished et- eternally from there, they can actually earn a place amongst the Empyrean realm mm-hmm. by. Um, making great sacrifices of their own in, in life. Um, and then of course her body became the first star in the sky. And, um, 
and then she was followed by many others. Yes. So then we go on to the next section, which is the War of the Shadow Tear. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. I liked this this part here, where um, <coughs> um, it it inspired me to create the character for um Stefan's uh little um mini campaign that he ran for us. Oh, and Zalzbar. Zalzbar, yeah. Um, so the Latari elves were the ones that remained in this forest clearing. One of the mm-hmm. eleven tribes, um, but uh, the leader of the eleventh tribe was called Malicorn, and he um, he kind of led. He kind of went to the north where he thought Immoral Immoral was believed to have went, and this leader of this tribe basically um, they went into the mountains, went into these caverns, and. Um, he kind of it got he collapsed, and he was left there in the um, in the tavern in the caverns, and he thought he saw a memorial, one, mm-hmm. right? You know, but it is firmly believed by many of the scholars that it was not Immorial himself that he exactly. was that influenced by, but a cunning demon exactly. that took the shape of the the king Immorial, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Um, I thought so too, and then he had returned, and it was like. And it corrupted his tear that he mm-hmm. carried. Uh, he, yeah. as the leader of the Malkari tribe, he carried one of the eleven tears. Yes. And this demon and this power from the infernal realm had corrupted his tear, and it became the shadow tear. Yeah. Um. And where he used it, um. It, so it, this person who convinced him that he was immortal, mm-hmm. told him a bunch of lies that. Uh, yeah. Uh, that he tried to then enforce upon all the elven people that he came across. First, his own tribe, who followed him without question, right. and then the other tribes. Uh, yeah. The lies were that the first were uh, cruel and uh, horrible, which that's not actually far from the truth. <laughs> that the crews <laughs> of the first were tyrants, mm-hmm. of being usurped by their own children. Yeah. And the promise of the found Drake or the Earthrite Manara that he had given to Latariana was a lie, and the false hope it had instilled in the elves would keep them subservient in their prison and mm-hmm. obsequious toward the first for the rest of eternity. And right. in his di- dying breath, Emoriel charged Malcorn with revealing these truths to the other elf- elven tribes. And also pointing out that to the other elven leaders that their tears could be used to open tears in reality to the other realms. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so when the leader, you know, the forefather, you would think, of your of your race tells you on his deathbed, do this, dude, you're going to do it. Yeah. And that's what this guy did. So, and, yeah, mm-hmm. so he ended up being wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he had way wrong. wrong. Uh, way, way wrong. He used the shadow tear to open up a uh, what he thought was a uh, uh, a doorway into the Ainlong to bring forth allies, and what came forth was a host of demons. Host of demons. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, this guy. Yeah, he opened. Yeah, that that eleventh tribe basically opened up <laughs> opened up Tiernoth to the to the infernal, and they poured through. You know, mm-hmm. yep. and. and um, he- then he attacked the other elven tribes uh, because they didn't listen to him. 
trying yeah. to capture their tears also. Yep. And um, so a war started. Mm-hmm. And um, they call it... Uh, they called his people the Daywill or the Twice Fallen Elves. Yep. Um, and uh, so the elven people were spread even further apart now by this war. Right, right. But then somebody <clears throat> came along. Uh, Glaciel Snowstar, son of the chieftain of the Tenth Tribe, the Nivalis, had witnessed firsthand the devastation of Malkorn's assaults and was given and, uh, but refused to give in to despair. He res- rescued his father's tear and resolved to travel to the Earthrite's home world or home realm where he would ask the dragons for guidance and help in defeating the corrupted elven chieftain. Yep. Along the way, he gathered a group of companions. Now, this is cool. He's got a group of companions, <laughs> all comprised of really cool elves coming from all the different... Su- so yep. you could totally go back and do a campaign with him and his companions if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, yep. Stat them out and play them uh, in their quest mm-hmm. to go uh, find the Earthrites. Yeah. Um, and there's like the That'd extent of his cool. adventures and exploits of his companions have made their way into countless stories or countless lays that are still sung in the verdant settlements of Amelin. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, these are ancient elven songs that are sung by many still. Right. Right. Uh, so he visited the dragons. Yeah, he did. And said, come help, please. And they're like, I, <laughs> they said, all right, but at yeah. a price. That's right. <clears throat> he refused to basically. Price. He was refused to leave. Yeah. Did they? Did they ever go into what that was? No, that comes in later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, much later in the book. Gotcha. Yeah. But so yes. then, then the, the you know then their their combined forces struck down the dark elven lord. And what I did with my what I what it really really captured me um for my character was these elves they they called the deep deep elves mm-hmm. they kind well, of rec- the ones they are the ones amongst the day will who decided to turn from him after right. he was slain yes yep 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 and they're like no really we're good we didn't know that happened and you know what we're gonna do we are going to pledge ourselves to destroy all infernal that are on this plane we're gonna get rid of it that's all that's what we're gonna do so my my kid the character that i created was one of them and he took up the templar i, I grabbed the templar and it was just a a whole um what do you call it created a an order that was the order of the nine pillars order yeah. of the nine pillars that is you know centers around this getting rid of these um the infernal and stuff so it's pretty cool we if could only find... we remembered that there were 11 elven tribes and you could have said Order of the Eleven Pillars. <clears throat> yeah, I could have, Tony. <laughs> but I didn't want to make it... But, it's not, but it wasn't really a, a, um, an elven order. Yeah, I know. I'm just dicking so, with you. <laughs> and I was playing on the whole threes. You know, right. multiples of threes kind of thing. So, Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so in these nuggets of backgrounds and stuff, you can myself, I was inspired by this story to create yeah. a character because of this story. So Yeah, so even as players, you should read these little snippets um, mm-hmm. or just listen to Chris and I talk about them because we'll tell you cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, we will. Even if you don't think it's cool, we think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, then we go, you know, you got the trouble 
rise of the younger races, and that is a story for another time. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, man. What's next? <gasps> we got this little thing we do called advantageous threats. Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is our favorite show segment and some most all, if, okay, all two of yours. Um, (laughs) No, uh, this is where Chris and I, we get out some dice, roll them, adjudicate them, come up with neat little ways of spending our uh, advantage, threats, despair, and triumphs. Exactly. So I'll kick it off this week. I'm going to start with uh, my character, Vex Gregis, is a mongrel blood mage in Primordial Machina. She is attempting her signature curse called the Rigor Mortis Gaze. Wow, I love it. Uh, On a trio of Iron Praetorians and a minion group. Now, if you have the uh, Star Wars uh, books... That's a standard stormtrooper in <laughs> Primordial Machina. Uh, the only difference is that they uh, they have uh, uh, plate mail, iron, iron armor, iron armor, mail, and uh, yeah, and they, uh, they <clears throat> they're pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they're both the their rifles. You know, they have rifles they instead have of blasters. Okay. All right. So anyhow, uh, Vex here. Uh, she's trying to escape their clutches as they attempt to arrest her on the streets of Calder, because that's where the Iron Praetorians come from, is the city of Calder. Okay. Her pool is three yellow. That's um, a three willpower plus three ranks in blood magic. Okay. Um, and so she spends the two wounds, uh, and uh, the difficulty of the spell is going to be a base of two for a curse, Um Plus uh, three for paralyzing. Okay. And then minus one for signature spell and minus one for the blood magic curse specialization. Cool. Giving her, um, sorry, three, yeah, three difficulty total. So it was two base plus three, and then I subtract two. (coughs) Excuse me. So total of three. Okay. Uh, and, uh, she's also using her sacrificial dagger implement, which will allow her to add the range for free to that. So instead of being able to cast this at short range only, she can cast it clear out to medium. Okay. Um, well, and you said that it looks like it's a three purple difficulty because I'm assuming it goes, it's yeah. Cause that's what you had made there. That's what it works out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't we flip a story point here? Because there are um, she she's in the streets of Calder, and there are people around witnessing this. There's like maybe not necessarily in a big crowd, but there are definitely some innocent bystanders around. It's gonna make okay. it pretty hard. Well. I'm okay with my pool. I'm not going to flip today. You're not going to flip today? All right, man. No, nope, I think 
she would probably save it in case she failed on this spell and maybe try something <laughs> a little bit more yep. desperate. Which you don't. Which, by the way, everybody, Tony took his two wounds before he did his magic check. It's supposed to be after it's all been yes. adjudicated. Correct. Just to let you all know. Yeah. <clears throat> Alrighty then. We'll start out with I rolled a grand total of no failures. And one of my yellow dice came up blank. The other two had three total successes on them. Okay. Four threat. You have four threat? Four threat. Oh. On my four on my three negative dice. Nice. So, my good man, I succeed. <sighs> On paralyzing these three guards. Yep. Three iron Praetorians. Yes. However, do. something nasty has cometh my way. What is it? Good are, man. Do you have um do you have like party members about that are nearby? Uh I could. I kind of thought that Vex was alone. If but... she's alone, okay, that's okay. Um <laughs> let's see so, here. We'll say that um so I'm 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 trying to go with maybe it's more powerful than what she realized. Actually, no. Let's do this. Let's do um, we're gonna spend all four and say this rigor or two and say this rigor mortis gaze doesn't start until the start of the next round. So hmm. these guys are still gonna get a chance to attack you, but it just you didn't quite pull in the magic you needed to and it kind of delays it okay so the start of your next turn it'll kick off how about that that's fine that's really only worth two that's worth two but i'd like you to take another two wounds there you go (laughs) all right so my as i'm running and i slice my hand with the sacrificial dagger i kind of jab it into it (laughs) And it goes right through my hand. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, dude. There we go. Cool. All right. Okay, so four wounds to cast a spell. I did. It did work, but it's delayed because I'm screaming in pain from yeah. casting at the exactly. end of the spell. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Run, Vex, run. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, my well, character. Vex would just probably next turn, just probably let loose her bestial nature and start running faster. GTFO, huh? She's a mongrel. Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. right. Well, my character, Zezri. What? Yep. In a Android Realms of Tirnoth online game. (gasps) Wish I'd be able to play one of those. Oh, wait, I have played it three times already. (laughs) He's trying to hack past. By the way, we forgot to tell folks. Let me call an audible here. Sure. We forgot to tell folks. Uh, Two weeks ago, we did a recording. We tried to do a recording of another session of our Realms of Terranoth Online. Unfortunately, our wonderful GM had some technical difficulties and was only able to get the audio from the players. He did not get his audio. So you can't hear anything the GM had to say throughout the entire first hour and a half of the entire adventure. So we had to end up scrapping that audio. And so the next one, there will be probably a synopsis given to what happened before, before he runs the next one uh, for us. But uh, Mm -hmm. just so you know, we, we tried (laughs) <laughs> we did. And, we tried, and we 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 put it out there on Twitch that 
anyone could come watch us and play, watch us play. Mm-hmm. We put it out there that we were going to be on. No one came and watched it on Twitch. Good so thing. You wouldn't be able to hear shit. So. Literally, you would have just been staring at us. the GM lips moving and hearing us players talk. <laughs> Which could have been exciting. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> but if somebody had been there, they could have warned us. They could have. Yeah, so come. So we'll try and put it out there again Like when we're going to do that next time. But yeah. I believe Jim is is absorbing Android again. So, <laughs> but anyway, he said he was sleeping on the book, uh, absorbing it via osmosis in his dreams. Oh, that's what I should do. Yeah, actually, I All should. Right. Yeah, that's what I should do. All right, what you got? Well, Zezri, my and my uh, my runner actually, because <laughs> I have the book now. He will be a runner. Um, he's trying to hack past a computer program, Security Sentry. Um, while breaking into the vault at the Tamanaka building, mm-hmm. and somewhere in that damn building, <laughs> what was it? What do you what do you call him? Um, Juan Juan, Juan McLean <laughs> is running around that building somewhere. Yes, everybody. He killed so many of our mooks. <laughs> he sure did. Oh, and yes, everybody. That's what we did. We did. <laughs> we did Die Hard in Android. In the, under the fun. beanstalk somewhere. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So Zezri has an intelligence of four. <laughs> intellect. Intel intellect. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> good thing Zezri's my online name. Um. <laughs> Computer hacking skill of two. Mm-hmm. He's got a knack for it when it comes to hacking as well. Um, since this is a level three security sentry program, he um, he's going to be overriding it with an average computer's check, and he'll need three successes because of its strength. So in the hacking rules, I, I, I grabbed the hacking rules out of the core rulebook mm-hmm. um, for this to do that. So... Um, but because it is in a higher security level of the vault, it's going to be automatically upgraded. So this check okay. is going to be two yellow. I'll grab those. Two green. Mm-hmm. A red. And a purple. That's what my check is going to be right now. All right. So you said Juan McLean is out there. He is currently just one floor above. Ooh. Fighting with Tony three fifty seven. Yeah, he is. And <laughs> and uh, Maite. Yeah. And uh, there's like explosions and gunfire, and so there's distraction. Okay. Here for you while you're doing this hacking run, you've got the distraction. You're jacked in, right? You're doing uh, yeah. the jacked in version of this. Um. So, no. No, I don't have. I don't have a jacked in version. Um, Zezri's old school. He's got a wired connection oh, from his computer right. in. I don't think he had enough money to do a brain connection. Ah, okay. Well, so you still have. The, so you would still hear the distractions of the gunfire. Yeah, he's not as immersed, right? As right. Could so be. let's put. Uh, I'm going to give you two setback dice for distraction. Two setback dice for distraction. How about because we're on a time limit here? Does it make it harder? Does it make it more difficult? Or is there more setback dice for that? How do you normally handle that when you're doing a check under time? Under time constraints? I throw in another setback die, a another third setback? one. Okay. Yeah. A third one. Well, I've got an act for it when it comes to hacking. So I can All remove right. two of those. Excellent. When good I job. Do that. So woohoo. But I still have a setback die. All right. We are good here. I like this pool. 
And and since as the GM, I, I know Jim was doing this. He wasn't really spending his uh, points to upgrade your checks because they were automatically upgraded pretty often. Yes. So but you're upgrade one, aren't you? Yes, because I'm much bigger of a jerk GM than Jim. So <laughs> well done, sir. Okay, <laughs> and I am rolling on my Shadow of the Beanstalk Android book. Everybody, Woo-hoo. let's see if that helps. Cocktails and dreams, buddy. Oh, holy failure, Batman. <laughs> yep, I am so not going to make this check because I got four failures, three successes, so a net one failure, but three advantage. So I don't get, I don't get past the sentry program, which means, bum, 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 I believe that means the sysops will be able to um, make a check and know somebody's in the system. No. Unless you want to spend your three advantage to say, you know what? I covered my tracks. I could do that. That's what I'll do. I'll say that my I'll say that I've covered my tracks. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Coolness. So uh, that was just so much fun when we played that. <laughs> I know, wasn't it though? <laughs> yeah, and then and then um <laughs> and then seeing the one body. I I make a perception You're in the middle of hacking. You're facing the vault. You see something over your left hand shoulder. (laughs) He's like, it's the body that lands on the police car. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then about 20 minutes later, there goes Juan McLean's body out the window. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So a little bit of alternative history here. Oh, Maite got pissed and threw him out the window. (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) That was great. Love that. Yeah, that's so much fun. Ah, yeah. Can't wait to run um, Black Sales Primordial Machina online. (laughs) Right? Yes, black sails in the sky. Primordial Machina online. <laughs> right. I want to get back to that show. Uh, <laughs> all right, all man. Right. Well, say hey, that's uh, that's it. Vintageous threats. That was fun. Yeah. Let's that's go fun. home so you can go watch let's your black sails. Home. Yeah. Let's go home. <laughs> everybody well that's it for our show today um let me do a shout out to that murder hobo himself gary wants some beats mccullum been seeing a few things up lately on the mayways i think today he posted um a virtual tabletop map that he created um so he's got this show he's got an assortment of all kinds of role-playing related goodness from actual plays to some how-to's um, and he's got a YouTube channel that I'm going to link in our, um, in our show notes. And he's a Nerds International member. Hopefully he's coming back to Con and a Cobb next year, I'm pretty sure. See his big ugly mug. Now, Gary has the Murder Hobo Show where he, mm-hmm. um, it, his YouTube channel is called that. But he also, I mean, he has a couple podcasts he does under Murder, Murder Hobo too, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah, he's got that one that's all about the little square white papers. Um, yeah, the index RPG. There yep. is that. And then he's got the other one that he does with uh, Victor Diaz, uh, the Savage Riffser. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, they, I, li- I listen to that. They're pretty good. Uh, him mm-hmm. and Victor. Victor knows his stuff. Victor's a. He's been playing riffs for a long time. Um, cool. And uh, 
he, Gary kind of like he's, you know, Gary's always the one asking the questions, Victor answering the questions. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of fun with their back and forth. Um, and they're currently uh, trying to, um, I think their latest episode was about introducing or changing um, Savage Rifts over to Suede edition. Uh, the oh, Savage the new adventure, adventure edition. Adventure edition. Oh, cool. Yeah, which t- uses a lot of elements from um, Genesis uh, in it now. A couple of elements, anyway. The like new what? adventure. Edition. I haven't uh, looked well, at that. Uh, they can spend destiny points to add story elements, or not destiny points. Sorry, they can spend bennies to add story elements now. Like, uh, oh, I don't know. Here's a Benny. Oh, I have that piece of gear that I needed, like stun mm-hmm. cuffs. Nice. Um, so hmm. they can do that. Yeah. Um, how y'all liking that? I bet you. So Eric Lamaru's probably probably giving us the finger right now saying you can do that anytime you want it you could have totally done that a long time <laughs> i'm pretty sure that uh, gary gary was not a fan of it though uh, i know that uh, oh, really? he, he didn't like it no nope. he said he wasn't going to allow his players to do that um <laughs> i know what else because um, i haven't read that stuff i haven't read that yet uh, there was a couple other elements. Um, I, I can't really get into all of them, but there was a couple other elements, the things that were incorporated from, mm-hmm. uh, from, from a you know a Genesis style game. Oh, I know what the other one was in their magic system. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know how they still they use PowerPoints for their magic. Yep. Um, now their magic they can modify it on the fly, not by increasing the difficulty, but by spending more PowerPoints. You, so, were able, whereas, you, were, you were always able to do that, though. But no, you you can really modify them now. You can add more oh. things to the spell. You're increasing their range or uh, adding more bolts to a bolt spell by spending mm-hmm. power points and things like that. Uh, it's oh. it's much more freeform, their magic power oh, okay. section. Yeah, because so. I always thought that you could do something like that. Or they, 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 they codified it. A, maybe they opened up the codifying of that now then. They Made did. it a little more it open. It wasn't oh, just okay. specific to each. Indi- like, each individual power had, like, specific things right. you could. Now, oh, it's, okay. there's some that you can just do generic Doesn't where you matter. can aim at more oh, targets. Oh, more. I see. Like, well, for instance, cool. <clears throat> like boost. Okay, you know, it used to be you could only boost one target. Yep. Now, by spending a few extra power points, you could boost your whole party. <coughs> oh, nice. Well, that's and cool. it's all one action. Yeah, nice. So, anyhow, that's that's just from what I heard over when they mm-hmm. were talking about it on the Wild Die. But, um, oh, cool. and, and, and like I said, Victor and Gary have talked about how that can work in riffs also, Savage Riffs, so, on the Murder Robo Show. Nice. All right. Well, keep it up, guys. Good yep. stuff. Yep, and... So those guys are over on the MeWe's with us mm-hmm. uh, at the Nerds International. Uh, we're also there. We have our own page for Finding the Narrative. Come join us there. Um, there are also a couple of Genesis-related um, RPG boards, too, groups. Mm-hmm. Yep, and too. also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Genesis book, uh, Genesis uh, core setting. There's Terranoth one, and now an Android Shadow of the Beanstalk group over there. I belong to all of those. Uh, but there's also finding the narrative on Facebook. You can get a hold of me there. I will screenshot it, send it to Chris, mm-hmm. who's not on Facebook. Um, and you can uh, email us at finding the narrative podcast at gmail dot com. Okay, all, all one word. Mm-hmm. And um, lastly, lastly, but not leastly, uh, we are still on G plus for uh, uh, two more months. Um, two more, or is it next month they're going away? 
I think they said April, beginning of April. Okay. Um, maybe it's gotcha. beginning of March. I can't remember, but it's soon. <clears throat> I haven't looked at it over there, though. And for, for if someone got a hold of me over there, I would look at it, but I don't. No one is getting a hold of us over there. So um, that will stay until they shut it down um, because I'm not dinking <laughs> with it. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, you could tell your friends to listen to us on Podbean, iTunes. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, Sam Barrett comments over there all the time. Yeah. Uh, say hi yeah. to Sam. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're also. <laughs> Will play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all the contact information. This is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. See ya. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.